if people are hesitant to join USPK, um, it probably, you know, comes back to solely this. It's just like we, we need to get our message out a little bit more and be heard so that folks know that we're not scary. We're not trying to take over parkour. We're not trying to tell people what to do. We're just trying to put some baselines down so that, again, you know, some other org just can't come in and, and try and do what Fig did. Hi, Louis here. Glad that you're also sticking by. Today on Swap Issues, I had the pleasure to talk to my friend Adam Cozy. He's a parkour practitioner for almost a decade, and he's currently working as the executive director of USPK, a newcomer governing body to parkour in the United States. This episode is different, informative and game-changer. Cozy talks about the goals of the American Federation and the works to institutionalize parkour from within. The chat goes from fighting the FIG to solidifying our culture, education and marketing. And it's an open call for you all to be part of this changing point of our sport. Now, stick around or keep flowing, just don't bounce back or overshoot. This is Swapping Shoes with Cozy. Hi Cozy, welcome to Swapping Shoes, how are you doing man? Good man. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm wearing the chaos shirt. I don't know. If oh, you me can too. See that? Woohoo! Yes. Yes. Represent. Ash <laughs> <laughs> Club T represent. Are you standing still on your feet? Uh, I am standing. Uh, yeah, I have a standing desk because I I work at the computer like a lot, so uh, I like to stand and sit throughout the day. Ah, cool. So, so but most part of the time you you work standing on your feet. Uh, it's about half and half. I feel like, yeah, I always stand after lunch cause it helps with digestion. I don't like to be all like crunched up. So yeah, yeah. it's been difficult huh, for us. So if you guys don't yeah. know, the listener doesn't know, but this is the second time that we are recording the swapping shoes. The first time being like four or five months ago, maybe four months ago. I think so. Yeah. yeah like you were one of the first episodes, maybe in the first 10, mm -hmm. but, um, we forgot to record your audio. So, yeah. <laughs> it was not your That's fault. That's my bad. No, it was not well, your no, fault. Well, no, I didn't understand how it worked, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, like me, being the host slash producer, I should uh, be attentive to the details. So my bad. But you only made the mistake once, right? Like after that, you were like, that. I'm never going to do that again. So you learned, you know. That, that mistake just once, but other mistakes plenty of times. <laughs> As I said before, I have one episode recorded with Daniel Labaka, mm -hmm. and I cannot upload it because oh, the audio no. quality is so poor. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> Man, yeah. but that's part of the journey, though. You know, you just, like, improve and grow over time, so. Yeah, that's true. So, let's get into swapping shoes with you. Sure. So, Adam Cozy, uh, what are you? What is your role in the community? Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm still a practitioner. I've, I've been training, I guess, close to 10 years off and on. Um, I say off and on because anyone that like started in, you know, I, I think I was 22 when I started. So like early adulthood, you know, I had a full-time job. And so parkour was kind of a hobby, a way to keep in shape. And frankly, with how much time I spent at a computer, you know, kind of saved my body, I feel like, because you can just wreck yourself by the time you reach your thirties, if you're at like a, a computer-based job. So, um, mm -hmm. so yeah, so parkour has been integral for that. Um, yeah. And, uh, now I am the executive director at, uh, USPK, which is the national governing body for parkour in the States. 
And yeah, that has been super interesting. It's a, it's a brand new period of kind of, you know, growth in, in the governance space, I guess, for parkour. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of hurdles and, and challenges with that, but it's been super fun so far. Nice. Uh, you are based in Washington, D.C., right? Based in Washington, D.C. Uh, I used to live in uh, Lisbon, actually not that far from, from Luis. So, um, <laughs> you know, yeah. Muitas saudades para Lisboa. You know, it's, <laughs> I miss it all the time. We, every time we talk, I, I get, you know, that, that, that wave of nostalgia, which is <laughs> what saudades means for, you know, folks that, that don't mean or don't know Portuguese. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's such a cool city. And, you know, Chaos is such like an amazing spot you know and yeah, yeah it's really nice. Luis is an excellent host by the way I, I highly recommend getting to Lisbon if you haven't done it because uh, he will show you all the spots and he's just a great guy good thank you um, so what is what is USPK up to right now uh, are you guys in charge of managing the all the gyms activities what is what is the current uh, work situation Right now, it's kind of more of a, you know, we, we still are, you know, looking for more acceptance from the community. I think, I think uh, it's slow going because everyone that works for USPK is, is a volunteer. Um, so most folks all have like a full-time job outside of this, you know, and still want to practice parkour. Um, so it's, it's definitely a time scenario. I know that that's the biggest issue for pretty much all of our board members is making the time to to do this stuff. But, um, yeah, it's, it's one of these things of right now we're just trying to kind of form, I would call like a protective umbrella around parkour in the U S um, especially with everything that happened with, um, you know, fig and gymnastics. Um, that was kind of, you know, a big impetus. I think, I think something like USPK had been in the works for many, many years and people just kind of couldn't, you know, quite get it off the ground and come together and, and, you know, the fig announcing that they were going to, you know, put parkour in the Olympics under gymnastics was kind of the big impetus for a lot of people to be like, oh, wow, you know, there's a limited time window. We have to, we have to get in and, and make something so that we can kind of safeguard, you know, the sport as much as possible. So, and I, I think that's it, right. It's like a lot of people get like really nervous and kind of, <clears throat> like shrink away when it comes to anything with like parkour and governance, because we're so, uh, we're, we're so much of like a, you know, open, uh, kind of culture and society. We don't like anyone really telling us what yeah, to yeah. do. And, and that's kind of the balance that we're always trying to strike. We're not trying to tell anyone what to do, but if it's completely open, um, that gives mm -hmm. a much older federation like gymnastics, just the ability to come in and just be like, well, nobody's doing this, so we're going to do it. And they can lay down the rules and, you know, kind of tell everyone how to do it if they want to be, you know, professional someday. And, and that's kind of the pull, right? It's like not everyone wants the, you know, parkour in the Olympics or to have uh, competitive parkour, but we're at that point where it's going to happen with or without folks. And, and there will always mm -hmm. be people in the community, as you've seen, you know, attending like the FIES events and stuff like that, that will want to take that shot and compete, even if it's kind of to the detriment possibly of the culture and the rest of the community and stuff like that. So because it's their chance, right? Like it's their chance yeah, to, yeah. to show what they've been training for all these years and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so we're trying to find that balance between, you know, just kind of putting almost like a protective layer around it so that we can say, um, 
you know, uh, yeah, this is this is kind of what parkour looks like as a community. This is what you know pro competitions kind of look like, and make it as flexible as possible so that things can change and that we're regularly taking you know input from the community. That's the other big part is USBK is you know a nonprofit um, and you know a democratic led organization. We're going to be doing our first round of voting, um, you know, later this year where we actually have our board members that are elected. Um, so the, the first one's kind of come in and it's like a foundational thing because you have to, you have to put something down, you know? Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. That's very good. And in, in which umbrella are you planning to, uh, be under a parkour earth, a sports parkour league? Which one of the International Parkour Federation? Sure. Yeah. So um, we're uh, partnered with uh, Parkour Earth. Um, I've had many discussions with with Damien about um, you know joining um, ahead of actually you know becoming the director at, at USPK. <clears throat> and when I came on, it was definitely something that um, you know the other folks had, on the board were were interested in and had just kind of not pursued at that point. So. Um, that was one of my first things I did as executive director was kind of get that pushed through, get the board to vote on it, and um, we're joined up. Uh, so it's it's great. We've attended a couple of their, you know, kind of inaugural meetings where they um, discuss kind of some uh, governance issues and, and how it's working between the different countries at this point. Um, but we're also still talking to things like Sport Parkour League Um I think the only ones that we haven't really talked to as much as is IPF. And I think, I think part of that was just because um, Victor and some of the other folks behind IPF, I think were initially approached uh, to be on the USPK board and they kind of turned it down and said they were going to do their own thing. So, um, but yeah, we've, uh, we've definitely been in contact with a lot of the different leagues and, and um, plenty of other, mm -hmm. what we call, you know, NGBs, national governing bodies. Um, So I've talked to the the head of uh, USA Skateboarding, and they're doing some really cool stuff, and have been great about offering you know kind of advice uh, because they've recently been through this, right? Like skateboarding yes. was going to be in the 2020 Olympics, now it's postponed. It's it's still happening, and they just announced you know recently like online competitions, which is I think the first time they've ever had sort of online tryouts for almost like an Olympic spot um, in the U.S which is crazy. So, you know, they're, they're kind of cutting edge with some of this stuff. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So I think they're doing like four rounds of video submissions. Then they're going to have like an in-person. Yeah. yeah that's um, cool. Yeah. Like comp. And then, and then after that, there may be somebody that's there. So that's like on the Olympic team, which is pretty crazy. Parkour seems to be the most reliable one, in my opinion, from what I can see from outside. Uh, first, the man behind it, Damien Pardo. Uh, he's mm -hmm. he's a big parkour researcher. He has a PhD using yeah. parkour as a thesis. So he's actually a parkour doctor, which is crazy. Right. I love that. Yeah. And he's been moving grounds in New Zealand a lot, right? Uh, his work is mm -hmm. in a completely different level to uh, the parkour genes and associations in the world. So I think... I I totally believe in his work and yeah I yeah, I really hope that parkour Earth is going to be the road governing body and I think that if USPK is together with it is a big big step 
How about the yeah. gyms and associations and the, the groups and companies in America? Are they open for uh, being part of the USPK? Yeah, we've we've already got quite a few um, kind of gyms, and I would I would call them almost like umbrella organizations where they you know own um, other larger gyms. Uh, you know, you have um, American Parkour and um, Apex and uh, Origins and some of the, some of those other ones, uh, Parkour Visions. You know, that kind of have helped grow the community either through different gyms or education programs or equipment. Um, you know, some of those were like our founding members. So, um, and that's, what's cool about it is, I mean, technically in the U S where, you know, capitalism is supreme, <laughs> yeah. they're kind of all in comp. They, they used to be all in competition with each other and they kind of set aside a lot of those differences to say, well, this is, this is bigger than all of us, you know, and, um, to, to be able to share those resources with each other, you know, how, how they help set up gyms or the, the best type of equipment to use for vault boxes or something like that. And to, share what they've learned over the years um, to hopefully make it better for all of the community, um, which, which has been excellent to see, you know, they didn't have to do that, but it, it's, it's very much been um, cool to watch. <laughs> Where do you want to see parkour going in the next five years? Because now we have a little bit of extra time, but I think that we should not uh, lay our guards down. We should right. fight, uh, even more with more fears because yeah. the fig kind of abandoned <laughs> parkour because they would have to set aside one of their modalities to include parkour in the olympics under gymnastics so yeah. now we have some time to set a road federation of parkour and then potentially put parkour in the olympics uh, via mm -hmm. uh, parkour hopefully um, what do you want to see? What do you want to do next? Like, what do you want to see uh, formed and solidified already in the next three years, for example? Sure. Yeah, I think um, you know, growing membership is going to be a huge part of it. There's still, you know, we we have a decent membership rate, but at the same time, we want to bump that up. And the the reason is is because the more united we are. Um, in this approach, uh, you know, the, the easier time we have standing up if fig or something else comes along and basically just says they want to kind of appropriate us. Um, so I, I do see it as like a, a very narrow time window. You know, we've been given kind of a gift, uh, that it wasn't put into the Olympics, um, to, you know, and, and that's the gift of time. We just have more time to, to get more members on board. I think, um, Getting a lot of the professional athletes, especially in the U.S., is uh, a, a pretty big goal of ours just because um, we want to show them that, you know, not only that we care, that we're interested in, in creating more of kind of like a parkour economy so that people can get, you know, paid for doing parkour. Because I know that's a big struggle is how do you make a full time living doing parkour, um, that there's a route for, you know, uh, kids just starting off to become a pro athlete, that there's even something like a pro circuit. Um, so, I mean, in three years time, I'd really like to see, you know, a U.S. national competition. Um, and uh, I think that's a big part of it. I know that competition is kind of one of those touchy areas for parkour because, yeah, I mean, a lot of folks, you know, are, are on the train that if 
you know, it's, it's against the original founders kind of philosophy and that, that parkour, if it's competitive at all, is a competition with yourself. It's a, it's a mental competition. Um, but again, I think getting back to kind of the, there's, there's that version of it, but there's also what I see as the reality. And, uh, the reality is the fact that again, if we don't kind of put some lines around what pro competition looks like, um, then somebody will dictate that for us. And so we've specifically talked to the leagues. In fact, um, by the time probably this podcast is released, we'll have this out, but a, a basic like competition rule book um, that just kind of outlines the different types of competitions that have been had in the U.S., um, what some of the basic safety standards are. It's nothing that's going to be crazy exciting for the, for the regular practitioner, but for anyone that does host competitions or is looking at hosting a competition for the first time, it's supposed to be a guidebook for that. And again, kind of planting those flags in the ground to say like, this has been sourced from a whole bunch of parkour competitions and people that have ran these firsthand. Um, so that, you know, if gymnastics does come back around and they want to change up the rules, we can say, actually, no, we've, we've done this, we've done the research, we know exactly what works. Um, so, you know, yeah, that's very good. Very important. Also, because if you have a competition guidebook, Mm-hmm. Um, and some local gym, I don't know, in Singapore, they're interested in making a parkour competition. Sure. And they have the resource of going to the parkour earth or USPK and having mm-hmm. this um, community-created guidebook by people who already organized. It's so much easier to get sponsorship, to get yeah. uh, s- municipalities and governing bodies of sports uh, and like you know like the real government and politics get them on board to see oh it's actually serious they they have a guidebook on how to do competitions right so i think this is a really good point it's really cool really cool and we are still actually forming right competitions don't Mm -hmm. aren't you afraid that the competition formats that we have right now is not the final formats they're going to be very official in 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 five years because now with road chasing tag growing so much sure um, isn't that going to be the actual big parkour competition? I mean, so, uh, in, in our guidebook, you'll, you'll see that there's kind of the, the NAPC and sport parkour league kind of, uh, basics, which is, you know, speed, skill, uh, style, you know? So, so those, those are in our rule book because we call those out as like bona fide formats. They've worked. We've seen them play out in multiple competitions, not just in the U S but globally, with a lot of success. Um, there's, you know, some judging criteria that has been thrown down, which I think is also important. You know, the big thing is that, and, and it was fun to talk to skateboarding about this too. They, they took the opposite approach from gymnastics, which for its judging has, you know, a 900 page rule book. I'm like, not even joking. It's insane. Um, and skateboarding was like, we don't want to do that. We want to reward creativity. So if you can land, you know, a 540 McTwist perfectly every single time. That's great, but like we've we've seen that. You know, Tony Hawk was doing that in the '90s regularly. So we're looking for the the new new. You know, we want to reward creativity as much as possible, and I think that's kind of the approach that we want to take, um, along with just allowing for maximum flexibility. You know, like I said, it's kind of drawing an outline around something with dotted lines. So you start to see the shape of it, but we're we're not filling in all those details because we specifically want to allow for the growth of the sport yes, and, nice. and for those different directions to branch off. And 
World Chase Tag has been a, a big part of that. Um, I, I got to be the head ref for the for the newest season, um, which was U.S. based, and that was incredible. It was really cool to see, you know, how the two brothers kind of do their work and and that they, you know, really seem to care about the athletes, which I think is excellent, um, especially mm-hmm. considering they don't come from parkour backgrounds, but you know they quickly realize the the power this community has and mm-hmm. and the the camaraderie and just the the pure athleticism and sportsmanship you know you see everyone like get up and like high five each other after a hard fall or something and it's just like yeah. that's that's one of the things you see on youtube everyone comments that the most it's just like wow this community is so cool because they it's competitive and, but they can like switch it off on or on you know so mm, that's really cool that's awesome really um but and, and also the the point about uh, competition still being a um, touchy subject in the parkour community. I think that the role of a US PK or parkour is to make sure that it's not so much of a touchy subject anymore, right? Yeah. To lay grounds on it also and make sure that the competitions are made from us to to our community. And right. we, can, we have to stop avoiding it. People who are not uh pro competition they man it's it's time to accept you can live your life without without having to worry because there are people that are working hard making sure that they will work safely properly and yep. sustainably for exactly so. it's it's kind of one of those things of us saying that we're pro competition you know shouldn't stop anyone from from doing parkour and what is you know, pro competition means. It just means that like we're active in the space where competitions are and we're trying to set some of those basic guidelines so that things are safe and repeatable, that we can keep this up for a long time and, and kind of have at least a baseline standard. That doesn't mean that we're, you know, anti-culture. In fact, like one of the things yes. that we want to do is have a, a, a dedicated culture committee that is inherently like they don't focus on anything competition related. They're more into jams you know they're more into mm-hmm. you know specifically looking at things that that represent the culture and build those up to to give them a little bit more of a voice so we're we're trying to be as balanced in our approach as as possible when it comes to that but i think if people hear pro competition they're like oh no i don't i don't like that so mm-hmm. yeah but but it is that point of of kind of we have to get you know that is i think one of the roles of of kind of parkour earth and governance committees that are founded by the community is to to kind of lay those the those down and say well it's a work in progress but we want to hear from you guys we want to know specifically because we all come from that community we want to know what we can improve upon and how, how we can make this better so and yeah. and have that flexibility yeah, that's cool. and that's where the danger lays so much right now right if yeah if we if we don't have the governing the parkour governing body for this then we're going to have uh, FIG and stuff yeah. stealing this sport. So it's a very cool thing. Uh, and how about education? I think that's a very touchy subject also because mm-hmm. there are so many certifications in in coaching and stuff. Uh, is it still going to keep the individuality of each uh, gym, each association? Or is there a plan to make uh, one global uh like a, a certificate. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the global certificate is in our plans at all. And in fact, probably the two spaces that we've tried to be, you know, fairly active in is 
you know, competitions and uh, kind of certifications. Um, we have, mm-hmm. you know, two dedicated committees that, uh, you know, again, crowdsource a lot of this from, from the community and folks that have done this for a while. Um, people that have, you know, are, are judges that are kind of going to, you know, be handling a very like open rubric. Uh, we want to encourage all of those different competitions to just have like different, different formats, you know, that, that we're, we're fine with that. The, the basics that we're laying down again are more things like safety related. You know, if, Mm -hmm. if you submit your, and and we're not going to go around like auditing people, we want people to willingly, you know, submit their cert to say like, Hey, it's got that USPK stamp of approval because that's, that's a good high standard. Um, And so what we're doing with that is we have like a very open rubric that specifically looks for criteria. You know, how are you teaching uh, progressions? Um, you know, are there progressions? I think is actually the bigger question, you know, are you just trying to <laughs> have kids throw, you know, chuck their first back tuck, like right off the bat. And it's just, you know, making sure that there's some safety standards in place, but trying to let every cert kind of keep their individuality because we know that people have learned it via many different methods. We know that there's all different types of like coaching styles. Um, and we want to encourage that diversity because it's, it's made the community what it is today. Um, but again, it's kind of just putting that, that rough outline around like, yeah, this, these are the, the minimum standards to, you know, do a USPK certified, you know, parkour certification, um, so that there's something in place. Yeah. It it definitely helps, especially in the U S we have to worry about insurance. It's, it's a, it's a pain Mm -hmm. in the ass, but you know, insurance is such a big deal because we don't have that much public space in the u.s everything is almost always privatized or federal or government property or or something like that and so there's the risk of lawsuits and all those things and if you can basically say you know um yeah this certification has passed these minimum safety standards it gets a lot easier to sell insurance because you know we don't have to go with necessarily just gymnastics insurance providers which are hella expensive in the u.s that's like the the top tier of like what you can spend on insurance so well understandable because a lot of accidents happen in gymnastics really sure. common um yeah that that's a very hard subject to take care of the insurance and that will require a lot of study and mm-hmm. research and to yep. see the average amount of injuries and to make it reliable to insurance companies because if you go to insurance company oh we are the parkour association parkour the guys jumping off rooftops yeah <laughs> i don't know i don't think they're gonna make it uh, uh easy they're gonna make yeah, it yeah you, youtube does not help here because they will just like mm-hmm. go and google it you know and pull up the first parkour video which is you know yeah one of one of the so somebody like you who's been training for like 12 plus years and it's just amazing and they're just like oh my god like we can't have kids doing this you know <laughs> yeah but i think that with, with good research i think that you can prove to insurance company that parkour is uh, it has less accident accidents than football for example soccer it- Exactly. Exactly. We want to, we want to collect that sort of injury data. That's again, I feel like a good role for governance, you know, entities like USPK is to collect a lot of that data so that then we can Mm -hmm. show it to insurance companies. We can be that voice to go to them and say like, well, Hey, maybe cut this gym some slack when, when it comes to insurance, because you know, yeah, it's, it's proven it's way safer than soccer football, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
there is a uh, Instagram page called scientific dot bouncing if I'm not mistaken that uh, this guy from Germany Kevin he he's making some research about injury rates and what type of injuries awesome so that's someone you can contact if you need some uh, initial data cool definitely yeah that would be wonderful yeah man but I'm I'm so excited because this is everything we need man USPK stuff like this we need that it's super good to see and how is your voice being heard right now because we need to spread this message uspk needs to be a strong <laughs> instagram facebook youtube page a good website and all of that i think this is really important so what is your marketing that's uh, uh that area program now yeah we're, we're a little lacking there so i might as well use this as an opportunity to just say that we're still looking for a marketing <laughs> director um <laughs> to kind of, you know, bump up those efforts because uh, as it is, I mean, our, our board is is what we call like a working board. A lot of times when you have, um, you know, a board of a nonprofit, they're just doing strategy only. You know, they, they're just thinking about a five, a 10 year plan, and they're trying to get the org to move in those directions. Um, our board is a working board. So everyone specifically like writes things or works on projects, et cetera. So they are, you know, busy doing that sort of thing. And, and, my whole goal as executive director is to try and get them a little bit more freed up so that they can get back to the strategic process. But marketing is one of those things where, yeah, we need a little bit more of a bigger Facebook and Instagram presence. And I'll be the first to admit that even though I've done some of that for the, for the org since, since coming on, I'm not the best at it. Um, I can barely keep up with my <laughs> own Instagram posts and stuff like that. So uh, if you're out there listening to this um, and you're in the U.S. and, and you're interested in this, um, you know, we, we definitely are looking for folks with some sort of marketing experience, but just in general, folks that are good leaders and, and can, uh, you know, um, kind of lead a team to spread the message because that is, that's, that's super important. And I, f I feel like if people are hesitant to join USPK, um, it probably, you know, comes back to solely this. It's just like, we, we need to get our message out a little bit more and be heard mm -hmm. so that yep. folks know that we're not scary. We're not trying to take over parkour. We're not trying to tell people what to do. We're just trying to put some baselines down so that again, you know, some other org just can't come in and, and, Try and do what Fick did. So. Mm -hmm. Nice. We need you, marketing heads. Come. <laughs> come, come. Come on. It's, it's going to be good. I think it's a great opportunity to anyone who has time. Because if yeah. you get on board uh, head first and things work out, you're going to have a, a proper good job. <laughs> it can be a good job. Yeah, for now, yeah. it's volunteering. But for sure, right. that in a bit, this, this can be... A job that you need to hire a team to work for you. So it's, it's all about uh, working hard right now, right? Um, yeah, I would say it's one of the first positions we want to make paid, you know, and, and it's kind of a, a chicken and the egg scenario. I think we'll have a lot more money and things coming in yeah. when, you know, the, the message is out there and more people are involved. So uh, that's, you know, marketing is definitely one of those areas I first want to put those sorts of resources is so that, you know, People are getting paid for their for their efforts. I know that there's a lot of volunteer work within the parkour community, and it's kind of like, you know, reliant on that. And you know, we're we're trying to create that economy so that there are more, you know, almost full time paid jobs within yeah, parkour. Yeah. So cool, great, cozy. Thanks, man. That's very good. I like this information. Yeah. I like this 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 swapping shoes. is really good. I hope people are gonna listen to it. 
but Tic Tac. Are you ready for it? <laughs> oh, okay. What's what's on Tic Tac now? Tic Tac. I give you two options and you pick one of them. Okay. All right. Yes, go for it. Okay, so lazy vote or cat pass? Oh man, uh, I I I like the cat pass still, you know, or or Kong if you're in the U.S. It's just very much like a. Um, I think it's one of those first moves that I really saw from you know Sebastian Foucault in <laughs> Casino Royale, where I was like, that is like an animal move, you know, like I I just knew it. I didn't I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what parkour was at the time. I just saw that and I was like, that's how animals move. I want to move like that, you know, like I, I can move like that. I just forgot, you know. <laughs> okay, so. but now you slipped because you kept your foot on the wall for so long. Man, tic-tac, fast answers. <laughs> Let's go. Fast answer, I'm sorry, yeah. Parkour or free running? Uh, parkour for me, yeah. Um, tracer or parkour athlete? I like tracer, to be honest. I think it keeps the, the roots there, yeah. David Bell or Sebastian Fukan? Oof. Man, it's tough. Seb was the first one I saw, and you know, David kind of went in with Fig on some of that stuff. So I, uh, he's he's still revered in my mind. But <laughs> <laughs> gymnastics or martial arts? Oh man, uh, martial arts, yeah. Front flips or back flips? Uh, I have uh, a much easier time doing fronts. Don't ask me why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coffee or tea? I'm in the U.S., so so coffee, but I do miss good European and British tea. <laughs> <laughs> and Daniel Labaka or Oleg Vorslav? Oh, man. Oleg, Oleg was actually, I think, actually the real first parkour person I saw with Russian climbing, so Oleg. Sorry, Daniel. Nice. You're, you're, you're amazing, too. <laughs> <laughs> cool, good, good. We need more people for the Oleg team because most part of the people say Daniel... But a lot of people forget that the the old Russian climber video, which was maybe I think it's it was even more influential than the Spiderman back in two thousand and five, six, seven, like oh, on YouTube. I, I, that that video was everywhere. I do think that was the first one I saw and replicated yeah. too because it was also a meme. It didn't have a yeah. name to the face because it didn't. You could barely see the face, so it was just the Russian climber. Right or the incredible Russian jumping skills. There were so many videos, like the repetition of the same video, mm -hmm. different titles. And the the music too, choosing choosing like the, the song from The Matrix, that was like, <laughs> you know, that was like peak Matrix like popularity too. So like they knew what they were doing, you know, and Oleg just still has that like crazy flowy style, you know, it's just, <laughs> yes, it's yes, amazing it's to watch. Really <laughs> yeah, it's true. Okay, what you up to today? Gonna work more now? Got got more work, unfortunately, but uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm actually hoping to take a little bit of a, a sabbatical from my cyber job to just devote, you know, almost three months full to uh, to USPK and see if we can't make some headway. So, like I said, if you're if you're out there listening and uh, you're interested in in volunteering, we absolutely have a spot for you. Don't don't hesitate to drop an email at contact at USPK.org. <laughs> cool, nice, perfect. All right, then, Cozy, thank you very much, man. It was a pleasure having you here. Thank you, man. Very good. Thanks for having me. Very important, very important swapping shoes. This one, very important <laughs> one. Thank you. I'm happy that we finally made it. Me too, man. Yeah, it was, it was overdue, and I'm, I'm glad we got to catch up as well. It's just good seeing you. <laughs> cool. Nice. So have a nice day. Great you day too. of work and good weekend. Yeah. See you. You as well. Ciao, ciao. <laughs>
Thank you for listening. I hope you guys have enjoyed and I hope that this is the beginning of something great. And if you guys are interested, don't forget to send them an email on contact at uspk.org and take part of this moment, you know, this, this is something big, guys. let's go for it. Ah, also don't forget that swapping shoes is supported only by you and by you only. So click on the donate button and let your boy Louis buy some bread. <laughs> Thank you. See you.